to episode of Books That Make Us Better. My name is Kayla Joe. This is Megan. I'm Lydia. And I'm Jesse. We have another podcast full of chapters to talk about when it comes to Glennon Doyle's Untamed. You guys, I gotta say, I was relieved and satisfied to get the racist chapter uh, posted on Tuesday. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah, well that done. One, that one was... She was a long one. Yeah, I didn't realize that we spent almost a half hour talking about that. I mean, rightly so. We could probably talk more, but wow. Yeah, not that I was watching the clock, but I was watching the clock a little bit because, you know, paying attention to the editing and I'm, I was watching the time and it's just not one of those chapters that you want to cut anybody short. So we just let her roll. We released her separately. So if you guys listening have not listened to that one yet, that one was a special release episode that came out Tuesday. So go back and check that out. So in other news, it's time for us to move on. Getting things kicked off today with the chapter questions. We believe the power to change lives is within ourselves. We believe with the right attitude, anything can be accomplished. We believe the amount of knowledge and insight available is limitless. But we don't think life should be taken too seriously. Books that make us better. An Alpha Media Podcast. Yes. Well, in questions, Glennon Doyle starts out at a town hall style event in which this woman stands up with a question for Glennon that um, just leads into the topic of the rest of the chapter. But this woman leads with the fact that she has a um, nephew who is now her niece. Her granddaughter took a boy to prom one year and a girl the next. And then she says to Glennon, and now you're gay too. Why does everybody seem to be gay? And then Glennon leads the rest of the chapter talking about this in a way and discussing the fact that things like love and our sexuality and um, our beliefs are so wild and broad and hard to control that at some point people needed to find a way to rein that in and have some control over them. And her way of explaining it is giving everyone these glasses with labels and then we have to pour ourselves into these glasses. And it might be straight, gay, Christian, Jewish, um, whatever it may be. And she says at some point, somebody stood up and said, I don't like this does not work for me. This is not who I am. I don't like it. I want something different. And then more people became brave and saw this and were like, hey, yeah, me too. I don't this doesn't work for me either. So she says, maybe we should just let everybody be whoever they are without trying to pour them into a glass because we're all the ocean anyways. And we should all just be free to be who we are. And love who we want and believe what we want. And um, the more we do that, the more beautiful the world could be. So this chapter um, was, did anyone else get like organized religion vibes from this chapter? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I I wasn't every, every chapter that is included in, I think tonight's episode had undertones of faith and religion and questioning and wondering. I guess I've always wondered that um, as someone that grew up in the church is why, why we always took our rules. I'm using the word ours as a generalization, generalization of just religion in general, but why we have to take the things that we believe in and then push it on everybody else. Why indeed. Why? Right. But that's also kind of what we're taught. I mean, I grew up in parochial school my entire life and you're always taught 
to spread the word of God and, mm-hmm. you know, make that a part of who you are. And so it's just deep inside of us at some point. But mm-hmm. I like that she talks about in these chapters tonight, the need to question that. And it was a whole yeah. lot of stuff to unpack in these chapters for me. For sure. I mean, <clears throat> it's definitely a good question to have the part you know, why are we, why are we trying to do that? And I don't, I'm not speaking for me myself, but like, you know, why does organized religion want to do that? Because it, I mean, often that makes a really bad name. And then you like, there's people like me who will never go back there because of me witnessing all of that and can't handle, I can't handle that. So there's that part that you touch on, but then I feel like she's also trying to talk about um, how to progress from there and how to move forward from there and letting it burn. And just, you know, once you recognize this in yourself, you know, move forward and make it better. And I highlighted this one part, so I just, I'm going to read it. Um, So she says, uh, but progress is just perpetually undoing our no longer true enough systems in order to create new ones that more closely fit people as they really are. People aren't changing after all. It's just that for the first time, there's enough freedom for people to stop changing who they are. Progress is the acknowledgement of what is and what has always been. Progress is always a returning. So, I mean, I feel like she definitely brought it back around. Because like what Jesse said, this whole (laughs) section that we're doing today felt like a lot of organized religion. But um, there's a lot of like positivity in there too, to, I don't know. If you recognize that this is something that's in your life, you can move forward. Yeah, I admire how um, Glennon is able to question, yet still remain, still keep a relationship with God that she values, because that could be difficult. And it helped me, these chapters really kind of are how I have been the last few years. And so it was nice knowing that I wasn't alone in those thoughts, and then to be able to see that I could, I can maintain what I feel is a healthy relationship with God and I'm happy with it while still kind of pushing against what I've been told my whole life. See, I agree with that too, but, and I don't know what you experienced, but I kind of have been doing the exact same thing, but I almost feel less now, I suppose, than before, but I feel guilty for feeling like I'm going away from the things that I was originally taught, like this feeling of guilt and doing something that is bad or that I feel like is bad. Yes. I'm with you. Oh, it's messy. It is. (laughs) It is. I have to say on the opposite end, um, I reading these made me feel like, oh, you know, that is, it feels like an open door the way Glennon puts it. It doesn't feel like because for so long, I always think like churches are a closed door to me because I just can't get on board with a lot of things. But Glennon makes, I mean, her church is herself. She she doesn't need the church. She has it in herself. And I think that's really, it really is admirable. Just like you said, Lydia, I totally admire it too. And I'm like, that's not something I usually admire in somebody, <laughs> you know, like I'm not usually like about that, but I actually can, I can get on board with that because I, I mean, she makes it so open and welcoming and exactly how it should be and how right. the freaking book reads, you know, 
by the book, I mean the Bible, because <laughs> it reads that way, but nobody reads it that way. Well, yeah, but that's the contro controversial part, I feel like, with our generation. And I've seen a few TikToks on this, and I totally agree with it, but it talks about how we were raised to love like Jesus, even though the church doesn't love like Jesus. So now you have this generation of people that are coming up that have been told to love everybody, but now nobody else is doing it. And we're <laughs> kind of looked on. I think TikTok is calling them the what are they? Ex, ex evangelicals. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That have kind of like broken apart from what is organized and we're trying to do the things that the Bible tells us to do, which doesn't seem like it would be a negative thing. Yeah. And some of those videos make me very uncomfortable because they are things that I maybe haven't addressed yet, or I haven't given it enough thought yet that when I hear somebody talk about it, I'm like, Ugh. like I get that guilt and I get that you can't talk that way <laughs> to these people on this screen. And then it makes me reevaluate. It like makes me take a minute to question why do I feel so uncomfortable with this? And yes. Yeah. I think sometimes, a big I, want piece, talk, sometimes I want to dive into it. Sometimes I don't. But I think a big piece of it is too, like how often are we, do we challenge ourselves or are we willing to just be confused and just be opened? but at the end, always be kind. And that's kind of how she ends the chapter. Like we, if we're always willing and, and open to being confused and not being able to put it into a glass, maybe that would help some of that. Like you don't always have to process every single thing and make sense of it, but just be open to being confused, but know at the end, you're always just going to be kind. Yes. That's a great oh, point yeah. to bring up Jesse. Totally. That you, thank you. Right. And you don't always need the answer, you know, right after, right away. Right. Just, just like the grandma. She was confused, yeah. but she willingly went in there and asked. That was brave, too. I mean, you could have gotten, people could have gotten mad at her, and she asked it anyways. But I, when I see people on social media who get so angry that a person is transgender or a person is gay or a lesbian, my first thought is, why do you care? How does this impact your life that a person you do not know feels this way and wants to live this way. I just, I've never been able to understand caring that much about how somebody else is living their life if it's not harming you. Honestly, people that are uh, different from the mainstream, I guess for lack of a better phrase there, those are always the kindest people and yeah. always the most open-hearted people in my experiences anyway. Mine too. So I have a feeling this is going to be kind of our tone for the entire evening. So let's just keep it moving right on to permission slips. Yeah. So permission slips um, starts with um, Glennon being excommunicated from a Christian organization. <clears throat> and she, she greets it with a, a attitude of hilarity. Essentially, she was like, eh. Like, whatever. And then her friend says to her, like, that's so awful. Like, how can they do that? You can't even help yourself. And she's like, oh, well, that, in, you know, that implies, it's not quite right because helping myself implies that I would change me if I could, but I wouldn't. Um, and she goes on to discuss, you know, like how she loves her life now. She's been in the, in the opposite gender marriage and she's been in the same gender marriage and she would never change it. You know, this is exactly how she thought it would be. And she says, you know, she brings up the point, like, what if I wasn't born this way? What if I decided this? What if I chose to go this way because I thought it was a really brilliant idea? 
Like then what? I don't need your permission to choose my way of life. Essentially, it starts with <laughs> the excommunication, her friend kind of wrong footing uh, with, with the best of intentions, I think. But then her coming to the back to the realization that like, it doesn't matter if you're born that way or if you can help it. You don't need anybody's permission to be that way. So why are we seeking other people's permission? And why, again, why does the church need to give us permission? You know, why, who cares if we're excommunicated? Like, why, why do we need this permission? I, yeah, I, I like this one because it's, I mean, it was short and sweet and she's just like, I'm going to do what I want. Like, tough. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I highlighted the end and probably a lot of people did. Um, she says, and what if I demand freedom, not because I was born this way and can't help it, but because I can do whatever I choose to do with, with my love and my body from year to year, moment to moment, because I'm a grown woman who does not need any excuse to live however I want and to live and love whomever I want to love. So, I mean, I don't know. Amen. Why do we need your permission? We don't. The end. Anyone, if you're seeking permission, you don't need it. Don't you feel like a lot of us in a lot of situations, not necessarily just sexuality, but we're looking for other people's validation for what we do? I mean, yes, some of you do that. <laughs> Megan, you don't feel like you do that at all. I mean, do you feel like I do that? No. Okay. The answer is no. I guess I'm just surprised that there's no part of your life that you like. I mean, gosh, good for I, you. I mean, I used to. I went. I think I, I was burned by it in middle school and high school, and I was like, "Fuck you guys! I'm gonna do what I want. I don't. I don't need you to tell me." And I. I mean, I also went through a Christian phase in college, and I feel like that after that phase. Um, where I had a lot of people telling me what to do and how to act and how I should be. After I got out of that, I really, I really transitioned to be like, this is who I am and that's who I'm going to be and tough. You know, I ask, obviously there's situations where I'm going to need, I don't know, like permission for something legitimately, but I mean, I don't know. I suppose I trample on people's feelings sometimes. So I, I have that flaw. There's my flaw there. <laughs> well, I, I am think, impressed. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, don't I guess do. my perspective of you is you don't trample on people's feelings, but you, you are blunt and you're honest. And sometimes people have a hard time with that coming from a woman, but I don't think of you as like harsh or like not caring about somebody's feelings. You're just like you said, being you. That's sweet of you. I have, I, I have done that. that. I will, I will, I will, I will definitely own though that I, I can be harsh and I have come off. I have been mean and I can be mean. I do it um, probably daily, but I, but overall I'm typically just that I'm just honest and I'm to the point. I, well, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I feel but like that's you. a lesson I've been picking up on just in my thirties. The, um, have, have we talked in this group about the, one TikTok, we talk about TikTok so much. Oh my gosh. Or maybe it's yes. just me, but she talks about how her therapist told her that every day you only have so many things that you can allow emotions for. And she called them fuck bucks. So every day you wake up and you have so many fuck bucks to spend. And so then like, you have to make the decision of like, well, am I going to spend any of my fuck bucks on that? Because maybe I need to save some fuck bucks for later. And so like, I just now in my early thirties am like, 
I don't know that it's I have less fuck bucks to spend, but I just am more selfish with my fuck bucks. You're saving your fuck bucks for a really good occasion. (laughs) Yeah, I've started a savings account. I'm investing my fuck bucks. (laughs) I am too. I have a huge fuck buck account. I just need you to know. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Lots of F-bombs in this one. I know. There's just no way around it. We just have to talk about the fuck bucks. Yeah. I think that was a good one. I really, really, really liked this next chapter, uh, especially because I feel like this has been a goal of mine uh, prior to reading this book and how I raised my son. So essentially what this chapter comes down to is the entire family is watching a TV show together. And one of the daughters in the show is going to come out as gay. And so she said, the daughter comes out and the mother took her daughter by the hand and say, we love you. And Glennon says, I whispered, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And then the mother said, no matter what. And Glennon says, damn it, she said it. So essentially what she was saying here is that when you tell a child, I love you no matter what, you're saying, in spite of how you've just disappointed me, I still love you. And so she goes on to say, you know, if if my son got caught cheating on a test, I would dole out a consequence and then say, I love you no matter what. Or if her daughter robbed a bank, she said, I would hold her hand and I would say, I love you no matter what. But essentially, when you say that, you're saying, hey, you fell short of what I wanted for you, but my love is still strong enough to hold you. And how as parents, we want our children to come to us exactly who they are. We don't want to be an expectations parent, which means that we don't want our kids striving to meet this list of preconceived goals that we have for them. So she says that she wants to be a treasure hunt parent. I want to encourage my children to spend their lives digging, uncovering more and more about who they already are, and then sharing what they discover with those lucky enough to be trusted by them. And I love this. Because I have always wanted Liam, A, just to be kind, but then to just be who he is without expectations of who I want him to be. And I think part of the reason I had this thought was there were times when I were, when I was, oh, honestly, not really even that many years ago, where I got into a conversation with someone who talked about how their child came out as gay. And I do think there's legitimacy to this, but how they had to mourn the future that they thought they would have with that child. As far as like, I thought that they were going to marry a woman. And then I thought that they were going to have babies. And, and there are parents that like, and maybe it's just a generation different than ours generation up that you imagine this whole life with your child. And then when it, turns out differently than what you would expect then all of a sudden you have to mourn all these expectations that you had so i guess i always thought how wonderful would it be if i just didn't have expectations like that and whoever liam is he just is and so i thought this chapter was so awesome and she ends it by saying if someone tells you who they are consider how lucky you are to be graced with that gift don't respond with an eviction notice a permission slip or a concession speech Un-God yourself, gasp in awe, and applaud with gusto. And I just wish we could support everybody that way. Not even just our kids, just everybody. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. I, hearing her say, read that, I that one actually was goosebumps for me because I was like, yeah, why can't, like, 
I feel like I come back to that all the time. Like, why can't in the perfect world, why can't it just look like this? Why can't we just accept everybody the way they are? And why do we have to question their motives? Why do they need our permission? Anyway, I love that. Yeah, this is a good like parenting model slash like role model. You know, be that open person in somebody's life. Set no expectations. Just let them be. Jesse, I feel like this one almost kind of reminded me of you also, just as like, I feel like this is something you're really strong at in school. <laughs> I think it, it did definitely speak to me as an educator. I know I don't have the parent lens, but as I take a look at, you know, educating youth, especially nine through 12, I always hope that I'm a treasure hunt teacher, that I'm, I'm finding things within my students that other people don't see or don't take the time to look for because we do live in this world of expectations, especially in education. Like everything is expectations. The whole system is nothing but expectations. And so I do definitely try to strive for that other side, but I do also live in that world of expectations. And so then it's like trying to find that balance um, of you know, what my job is supposed to be and then what I think that I can, you know, do to help kids that maybe is outside of that expectation list of things. I really value hearing your side of things, Jesse. And I think most people would be shocked how many people there are like me in our district. Like Mm -hmm. we have tons of people that have and all across the board, elementary school, middle school, high school, like it's not like I'm a Joan of Arc here, like blazing a trail like this. There are tons of people that have this same like stance and viewpoint and want to make change. It's just change and progress is slow, no matter how big and how small. It's just one day, one step, one movement at a time. Yeah, but it all matters. Yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely. So glad that you are in the lives of these children. Yeah, and people are doing the work and and believe in this and and at the highest levels. It's not just you know, teachers in the trenches, like we have admin that fully support a lot of this. So yeah, you definitely make me feel like really excited. Like you, with the way that you talk about your admin and then about like you as a teacher, like listening to you, but then yeah. like also hearing that there's more like you, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. Hey. And it's, it's crazy because I know sometimes we can get caught up in like how heavy stuff is at school and how hard things can get. But when I go to other like communities and I go to teacher trainings and I talk about the work that we do at our school, everyone just stands with like their mouth wide open because they can't believe how progressive and how, you know, like how much work we are putting into making things better for all kids, not just some for all kids. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like my district's never even heard of this. We've never even thought of this. And so. Like there are big things happening and there are movers and shakers in our institution. And I'm so glad just to be a part of it. I'm, I love I'm glad to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love I'm very this. happy that my kids are in that district too. Same. Yes. They have teachers Same. like that. Uh, my son's TK teacher at conferences, the way she spoke about him and other students and the qualities that she picked out in, in my son, I was so in awe that she saw that. And yes. I was like, oh my gosh, you are paying attention to these little humans <laughs> in such a way. It was it it was wonderful. And I love hearing that. Like I'm yeah. so glad there are teachers that are doing that everywhere. Go Fort Dodge Community School District. <laughs> Yay! And I'm so excited. I mean, I I know we have a change in leadership with our, our superintendent. So I'm excited 
for things to come to. And, and I do as much as I, you know, it's nice to be comfortable and, and have the same people around you. Sometimes change is a good thing too. And I'm excited that, you know, we have people interested in our community who want to come and want to contribute. Absolutely. I love everything about this. (laughs) That's all. I'm off my soapbox. Jesse, you're a damn gem. Just always get on the soapbox. <laughs> should we move it? Uh, speaking of Jesse, should we shovel yeah. the next chapter over? So knots. Yeah, knots. And this chapter was for Abby in particular. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the beginning of the very beginning of the book was dedicated to Tish. But this particular chapter was about Abby and an experience that Abby and Glennon had when Glennon was going to speak at a church in Texas. And in the beginning, um, Ab- or Glennon talks about, you know, Abby isn't really, um, she isn't religious. Um, she's really kind of not practiced religion or, or been up on her up on faith just because she thought that she had been shunned from the church because she knew that she was gay very early on in life and said that, you know, there was no way that she could be gay and be a person, you know, of faith. So, um, but Abby came with her to this speaking engagement and, and when they were there, they had a very kind of interesting interaction with the minister. Um, when Glennon was kind of talking to Abby about her feelings about being there and about, you know, what she had gone through, the minister really just validated that and said, you know, basically, I think she said something about like, you're damn right about her, her feelings and that, you know, it was, she didn't choose, you know, to turn away from God and from her mom, she chose herself, which was also choosing God. And so, you know, the chapter just kind of let her kind of go through that experience with Glennon of saying, you still are a person of God, you chose yourself, which is why, which is choosing God as well. And then um, Glennon tells a story about a time that Abby had a G necklace, and it got knotted, and Abby got frustrated. And you know, it was just like, oh, I'm just gonna get rid of this. And, and Glennon was able to unknot it and give it back to her and put it around her neck. And it was just kind of a very similar, you know, story of like, she was frustrated and tied in knots. And Glennon was able to lend this perspective in a very like soft and subtle and everything's going to be okay kind of way. At least that's how I took the chapter. I'm not sure. What did you guys think? Yeah, same. Yeah. It it was, it was a perfect, uh, yeah, cohesion of of those, the melding of the stories. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. Short and sweet. Yes. Yes. And the, the telling her you didn't, leave god you just left the church and yeah the man-made things but you didn't leave like god never left you and mm-hmm. that was so nice i love that. yeah 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 i can i like even listening and reading to this um definitely like it feels like it feels like she's speaking not just to abby but specifically to anybody who's been burned by the church or thinks that they don't belong like and I think that's great. I mean, where are the more of the Glennons? Because I'm just saying, I don't know. I mean, not that you need to be, not that God needs to be a part of your life or anything, but like if you want it to be, it could be if there were more Glennons. I mean, I think that would be ideal for there to be more Glennons. I, I'd be okay with it. Well, what do we got next, ladies? Oh, we have decals. This chapter, okay, I'm, I'm going to do my best on it. Jump in if you feel like I missed something because there's a lot. And uh, this chapter, 
I was honestly disappointed in myself for not knowing some things because I feel like as a feminist, I should have known some things. So, anywho, decals. This chapter begins with Glennon telling a story of challenging a pastor that of a church that she was attending when her children were young. And the church spoke a lot about being anti-abortion and anti-gay. And Glennon wanted to know why or how they could preach about a Jesus that spoke about, you know, loving everyone and caring for widows and the outcast and the poor. But why are you choosing to hang your hat on being anti-gay and pro-life? And then the the pastor basically tells her, you need to stop challenging. You need to stop giving this so much thought and just accept it and take it in. And she didn't like that. And it really made her look kind of more into why the church might be anti-abortion. And this is what, like, this is what got me. Uh, This is what I was so disappointed in myself for not knowing. That, like, back in the 70s, even before the 70s, the church wasn't against abortion. And then, at some point in the 70s, some men who uh she says um they felt that their money and power were being threatened by the civil rights movement so in order to regain control they needed to identify an issue that would be emotional and galvanizing enough to unite and politically activate their evangelical followers for the first time so they chose abortion and launched into all of that and why it's against god and against everything good and moral in this world. So, and then it really kind of led to the power that evangelicals have in the country and the voice that they carry and the way people listen to them. It was like, this was just so eye-opening to me and infuriating at the same time. And really like made me sit back and wonder like, what, what was I told as a child that still sat on my heart for so long. There were some things I was taught as a child that I just never bought into. I never believed it was wrong to be gay. And I, like, I, I didn't care who told me that. I didn't believe it. There was a period in my life where I did believe abortion was wrong when I was, like, 12. And then as I got older and, you know, just was like, you, you talk to people. You read books. You watch movies. You, you have a life and you realize that it's not a black and white issue and that opinion of mine changed. The the part in the chapter here that I kind of had a little, not issue with, but like I didn't necessarily, um, I wasn't in tune with it, I guess, is when she talks about how she doesn't know if she can call herself a Christian anymore just because of what that means to her and how to her it means a desire to convert others and that's not what sh- she wants to do. Or like it has this exclusivity to it. And that's just not how I view my Christianity. So, I mean, I know there probably are people who view it that way. That's just not me personally. Um, but the uh, the rest of the chapter, I like this part. So she says, the point is that if we can find good in those we've been trained to see as bad, if we can find worth in those 
we've been conditioned to, to see as worthless. If we can find ourselves in those we've been indoctrinated to see as other, then we become unable to hurt them. And I feel like that's really important because you can look at any social issue and if you view those people as less than you, it's so much easier to just like be angry and act like what they're going through is not that big of a deal. But if you can empathize and if you can see them as just as human as you, it's awfully hard to maintain those feelings of anger or self-righteousness. Okay. So I feel like I've spent um, the majority of my life challenging a pastor and that's (laughs) not a joke (laughs) since my dad is actually a pastor. Um, But there's a spot that I have marked. And every time I set my book down, uh, my cat lays on it. So that's obnoxious. Uh, I really liked this part. Let's rethink the stories we've been telling about God. Let's dare to imagine that God is less like the powerful men who runs the world. Let's imagine God is actually like the person those rulers just killed. Let's imagine that God is a vulnerable baby born to a poor single mother among the group of the most despised by the religious and political elite. He was the least of those back then. They pointed to him. God is in him, they said. And I think that we uh, forget as I I agree with Lydia in that I don't think that I could not necessarily call myself a, a Christian. Um, Because regardless of how I feel and how it doesn't match up with the church, I would still consider myself a follower of Christ. And I think that that is something separate from organized religion. Um, But oftentimes that we forget that as someone who is religious, our God, our Jesus, was the one that preached from the mountaintops in the sandals in the dirt. Ours was not the one that sat on the throne. That was the religious zealots that did that. (laughs) That was not who I choose to follow or I choose to believe in. And um, I think that that's maybe why I had more of a hard time growing up so close to the church because I was never the same as everyone else necessarily. Um, Not so much with like my sexuality or things like that, but, you know, I was the high schooler that was the pastor's daughter with the crazy colored hair and that would come home with piercings and would do things to break the rules and now i am almost 33 years old and still have the crazy colored hairs and i'm still coming home with tattoos and piercings and like that's just who i am but when i was young that was not okay to be that what cd did your dad throw away all the time m&m he threw away three of them and okay I, I maybe would have done that too. And then guess what I would do? I would go back to FYE because that's when we had FYE oh in the mall. And I would find another uh, M&M show CD and um, I would bring it home. And then a couple of years after is when MP3s came out. And mm. I... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of reasonable, Gayla. Yeah, I, I, I still don't like Eminem. We drove back from Emmitsburg on Saturday, and I listened to Eminem the whole half of the way home, and it just was everything to me. It just brought me so much joy. I remember <laughs> seeing my brother's Eminem CD and put it, like listening to it and being absolutely shocked. <laughs> like, he can say this, but, you know, it's not well, Eminem. Let's just say, guys, Saturday, I did not spend any fuck bucks on anyone else in my car having to listen to Eminem. 
<laughs> no fucks no fuck bucks no, are spent on that no fuck bucks for you <laughs> i i feel like um this for me this chapter aside from i, I agree with lydia um that i had no idea about the church's position on how they believe that birth was at first breath and i was like or yes. that life began at first breath and i was like wow you're Thank right you. and, absolutely and i was like why <laughs> Why have we stepped back from that? And then I was like, oh, of course, rich white men. Yes. It's shocking. And when then I'm this is where like everything kind of turned back for me because it was like ramping forward. And I was like, oh, Glennon makes a really welcoming argument for like, you know, be believing in Jesus or something. And then I was read this one and I was like, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I... I feel I don't want to put my beliefs on things like that on my kids and to like make my kids believe what I believe. I want, I definitely raise them to be, you love who you love and it doesn't matter. But um, mm -hmm. my daughter asked me my opinion on abortion like two years ago. And I looked at my husband and I was like, I don't want you to believe what I believe just because I believe it. And she's like, no, I just want to know what you think. And so I told her, and I said, but you absolutely need to make your own choice on that. That is not something that I expect you to believe simply because I say that's what I think. Mm -hmm. And she was in a school and challenged a different school than she's currently in. And she challenged this topic and she was 12 and because uh, it was being talked about in school and she challenged it and it didn't necessarily go over very well but I was just really <laughs> proud of her for like questioning it like whether or not she has a complete opinion on it the fact that she was like but why do you believe that to the teacher mm -hmm. was I was proud of her mm, and I love that. I like, get it girl I like that yep I love her. Can yep. she babysit? Can like um, rub that off on my kids? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Oh. Kayla, do you remember that documentary that I had you watch about the Pope? Oh gosh, that was life changing. Yeah, the Pope's I know. Were some, they're they, nasty there's, guys. There's a documentary called uh, like I think it's just called Pope, the most powerful man in the world, and it's like um, decades uh, history, like analysis of each Pope, but like kind of the the stuff the untold stories of the papacy and all that and it's i just love to say the papacy i had to say that um papacy. and <laughs> but like i was watching it and was like oh boo like all of this stuff and then you just start to like connect all the dots and i yeah you I guys very glennon the popes okay, but, are all of the dirty movies you've ever seen. Like, okay, here's a the, I'm going to sneak my mistress in and I'm going to have this baby and she's going to live with me in the Vatican. And it's like, excuse me, that goes against everything you guys teach, but that's fine. I mean, you got to feel for them a little bit, though, because what they're being asked to do with their lives is n no, that doesn't work. Like, I OK, beyond that. But yes, also disgusting. Yes. But the current dude, Pope Francis, is that who it is? He's kind of legit. You're asking the wrong crowd. He... <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well... I think he makes me like popes. Whenever I hear him like publicly say anything, I'm like, oh, I like that guy. He's all right. So there was an article, an article that I saw not that long ago. Okay, it was. It was like three years ago. But it talked about how at night he would sneak out without his security detail and go serve food in homeless shelters. And I was like, thank you. 
Yeah, thank you, good. thank you, sir, he's for doing like, that. Trying to be the sole decent pope. <laughs> <laughs> next week, an article is going to come out about this family of his own that's living next well, door to the Vatican. It's always that I, way. Um, but just to continue, uh, I guess maybe pissing some people off. Let's move on to girl gods. Yeah, oh, this is great. I I loved this. Literally three paragraphs. I highlighted <laughs> two of three um, because it was great. Is it three? It's actually maybe just two. It's hard to tell. I have a digital copy. You guys, it's a paragraph and a sentence. The... <laughs> okay, paragraph and a sentence. Okay, so um, essentially, someone. Uh, I don't know if even someone. I wonder if maybe Glennon asked herself. Glennon, you refer to God as she. Why do you believe that God's a female? And she goes on to say she doesn't, but it's ridiculous to think that you should genderize that. And then also until women are more equal here on earth, she's going to keep doing it. The end. <laughs> Love it. And I totally was a person who was like, you can't call God a woman. And I don't know why I have no logical, like I have no basis for that. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was just like, what, but why? And it's I absolutely mean, true. It's called creator, create her. Yeah. Like, oh, I see what you did there. Creator. But I know it's like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So maybe that's Mother, why. Mother, the I'm daughter, the Holy Ghost. We can go both ways with that. Right. Doesn't Beyonce maybe have she doesn't that have says pronouns. God as a woman? Somebody yeah. does, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm all, like I think it's more fantastic. So. I read this chapter and I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean... If we were, if we had to genderize her and like, think about if like Jesus is God, if Jesus is supposed to be our like human representation of God, the way that Jesus acts is not the way that a lot of men act. So I think it's probably <laughs> safe to say God's a girl. <laughs> Fight me. Change my mind. Fight I'm going to set up a table uh, somewhere. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> no, God's a woman. Change my mind. This episode, can it just be Megan at a table with says that says God is a woman? Change my change mind. Change my mind. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Though Done. I I'll like just make say, that happen. Did you guys ever? Um, see, okay, I feel like this was not a book. Maybe Megan would read. Love ya. It's just an assumption I'm making. It's the funny. Heaven is for Real book, and no, then they talk. Read it. Okay, so they there's this girl who claims to have seen Jesus and um, she draws him or paints him. Okay. So then this little boy who died said she, he saw Jesus. And then his dad kept showing him all of these pictures of Jesus. And he was like, mm -mm. nope, nope, nope. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And then he sees this painting from this little girl from like Brazil. And he's like, that's what he looked like. And um, I got to say, that's crazy. Okay. That's crazy. Jesus, if that's what he looks like, meow. And I don't know that that's like Is that the okay? right. I don't think so. But... Is it? You know what? You don't need my permission. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying I'll send it out in the group chat yeah. later. <laughs> look at how red her face is. I know, it's so I hot Jesus here. Jesus is so hot. Hey, Kayla. <laughs> I've got a crush on Jesus. <laughs> Sound like a teenage girl. <laughs> I feel like that At would be Bible like, camp. 
like a like a summer Bible camp. Oh my gosh. End of camp song. Yeah, we just went there. I feel very uncomfortable. Thank you for listening to another episode of Books That Make Us Better. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player and follow our Facebook page, Books That Make Us Better. Stay tuned for our next episode to drop next Friday at 5 a.m. We'll talk to you then.